This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Bankruptcy is nowhere near as bad as you probably think it is. And I think that's a fascinating quote to start this segment. And I got to say, I didn't come up with it. This is courtesy of you, Blair. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're looking at positive takeaways from filing a bankruptcy. And, and this is going to be interesting because we have to admit that that's not the first thing that people think about. Yeah, absolutely, Elaine. And bankruptcy shouldn't be the first thing that comes to your mind if you have a debt problem. You know, it is a, it's a serious legal proceeding. Uh, but quite often, we have these ingrained, you know, misconceptions or myths or, or just feelings that, oh, my God, I can never look towards that option. All it's going to do is, you know, have lifelong consequences. And that's actually not true. You know, in many ways, bankruptcy is your reset. It's the chance for you to start over, to start again, unburdened by what's happened to you in the past. And there's a lot of really positive aspects uh, that when you file a bankruptcy, it can be really good if someone's feeling a little despondent and thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, this is something I don't want to do. But to look at the positive side, there's a lot of benefits that would happen uh, if you do choose to take that next step. And I was happy to to um, sort of really study this segment a little bit. And I love the fact that you've started off with some really good stats, because the number one thing is, right, people feel so alone, like, oh, mm-hmm. nobody's in the same situation. But in fact, it's not as unusual as you may think it is. And that's pretty much just based on your own fears. Yeah, that's exactly right, Elaine. So, you know, the actual hard numbers. So uh, every year in Canada, it's about 4.6 people out of every thousand Canadians uh, filed for insolvency. So that's the last year statistics were available. So in 2019, and in terms of the number of people, it was over 137,000 uh, Canadians last year chose to file for insolvency and 40% of them chose to file for bankruptcy. 60% chose to file a consumer proposal, which is a special type of debt consolidation. You reduce the balances, you save the interest, and you avoid a bankruptcy. Uh, but almost 140,000 individuals in Canada, so that's far from somebody who should feel alone. Uh, yeah. Within BC, it was about 11,000 consumers uh, during that period uh, chose to file for bankruptcy or did a consumer proposal. And it was actually more of a significant shift uh, than, than in the Canada as a whole. 7,000 of those 11,000 BC consumers chose to file consumer proposals. So, you know, it's upwards of two-thirds of individuals are pretty close on that, uh, are dealing with their debts by filing consumer proposals. And I think it's because they're listening to dollars and cents. Don't you think so, Blair? <laughs> oh, I would hope so. I would hope we're having some impact. And, and yeah. we joke a little, but it's one of the most gratifying parts of my day when I do get a call from a listener who says, I've been listening for a long time. I felt comfortable to phone in um, just because, Elaine, they say the approach that we take, which is, uh, you know, it's not here to judge. It's here to give good information and to realize debt is a problem like any other. Um, to me, there's not a big morality component to it. Most people have been honest, but unfortunate, and they just need the right facts and the right help so that they can move forward. And that's the difference between everybody else and a licensed insolvency trustee. And I know you've got some good points to make. And just reminders for folks, if you go licensed insolvency trustee, what the heck is that? You can tell us. 
Yeah, well, a licensed insolvency trustee is the only person that's empowered in Canada to help you restructure your debts using the law. So a licensed insolvency trustee is an independent, unbiased um, officer who's able to give you a free consultation, so you're not going to pay anything to figure out your options. You don't need a referral from anybody, so sometimes an accountant will phone us up with a client, but that's in the minority. Most of the time, it's people just giving us a call uh, because they're having a tough time. And if you work with a trustee, there's a strict code of ethics, there's standards of professional practice, and everything that you pay is set by a government tariff. So you don't need to worry about negotiating a fee and your neighbor getting a better deal than you. Uh, Everything is set within the law. It's supposed to be you can breathe a sigh of relief when you sit down with a trustee that you're getting everything that you need right from the best source possible. Now, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, consumer proposals, bankruptcy, all of those are are really uh, important elements to think about. Uh, But we know that there's a lot of myths out there about bankruptcy or about the overall process of bankruptcy that you see Mm -hmm. that people really get concerned about. Yeah, I think let's hit dead on or, you know, straight on into the myths of bankruptcy, because a lot of these will stop people from making a call when they really could get help, but they've just got some misconceptions in their mind. Uh, You know, the first one is the idea of privacy. So a lot of people really think, oh, my gosh, bankruptcy is a highly public process. There's going to be a notice in the newspaper. Everyone's going to know about it. Uh, The answer is quite the opposite. So if you see a bankruptcy notice in the newspaper, it's because it fell into, you know, maybe the 0.1% of bankruptcies where there's significant assets that have to be sold, you know, in a public way. But the vast majority of cases, well over 99% of the cases that we deal with, there's no notice that goes in the newspaper. If someone Googles an individual's name plus bankruptcy, it's not going to show up. And the only people that are notified of a bankruptcy are the people that have to know, which is the people that you owe money to, just so they can be told to back off and to deal with the trustee instead. Uh, an employer isn't noticed, isn't notified uh, as a matter of course. Now, if your wages are being seized because you've already been sued and your employer is aware there's a debt problem because they're having to send a third of your paycheck to a creditor, of course, the trustee is going to get in touch and say, okay, employer, you can now give that person back 100% of their wages. Uh, but there's nothing that you need to be worried about from a privacy point of view. You can't be disciplined. You can't be terminated just because you filed a bankruptcy. And typically, the only people that know are your creditors, the trustee, and then obviously yourself and who you choose to tell and sometimes people find the relief is just so dramatic now people are asking well how are you so different than you were a few months ago and they say well i was dealing with sands and associates and uh, and that's a big source of work for us as people friends and family uh, who can just see such a dramatic change when someone deals with their debt problem I'm sure another big element or impact of that people sort of have in their heads about bankruptcy is that permanence, that I will forever be branded, this will forever sort of dog me from here on in. And I don't think mm-hmm. that that's true. No, and that's a frustrating one for me, Elaine, because I can see often, um, you know, in some, you know, newspaper columns or advertisements from you know, various other financial professionals, they say, you know, avoid the permanent impact of bankruptcy. And well, in most cases, there is no permanent impact of bankruptcy. Uh, what happens when you finish a bankruptcy is from the day that you're discharged, so it can be as soon as nine months from the day that you file, so we're not talking 10 years of proceedings here, from the day that you're discharged, if somebody pulls a credit bureau for the next six years, they're going to see there was a bankruptcy noted. Now, you have the right to put some verbiage on there, a notation saying what were the circumstances, and most people find they can still rebuild their credit to quite a solid situation within two to three years of a bankruptcy being finished, even qualifying for mortgages, getting offers of credit. So even though the bankruptcy is noted on there for six years, you don't need to wait those six years. You're not untouchable for that period of time. And then after those six years are finished, someone pulls a credit bureau, that bankruptcy is just not going to be there. 
So the only permanent impact would be, you know, if you choose to tell everybody, well, for the rest of your life, yeah, I filed the bankruptcy. But for the most part, if they pull a credit bureau, it's going to be clean six years after your discharge. And if you've done the right step to rebuild your credit, even two to three years out, you've probably got a better credit rating than when you started the proceeding. And my gosh, you're without all of your debt as well. So imagine what a different feeling that is. That'd be enormous to somebody's uh, just general well-being for sure. What about, are there people that are concerned or are there is there a thought out there that there's some severe consequences to going into a bankruptcy? Yeah, a lot of people think, well, I'm in really dire financial straits now, but my gosh, it's just going to be worse if I have to file for bankruptcy. And the big thing they're worried about is the idea of losing all of their assets. So any of our regular listeners would know if you file for bankruptcy, just about everybody keeps just about everything that they own. So there's provincial exemptions for your furniture, for your clothing, for your RRSPs, for your tools of the trade. You know, quite often people are in a more protected situation under a bankruptcy proceeding because people can't call them, harass them, or trying to take to court uh, to seize any of those assets. Um, so going into bankruptcy doesn't mean that you lose your assets. Now, you know, certain things, if you've got a yacht sitting at the marina that's got no loan against it, you might have to sell that to pay your debts. But I've never had a client like that. Most of the time when people are considering a bankruptcy situation, it's because they've exhausted every other option to pay their debts. And what they're worried about losing is the really core personal assets, again, the furniture, the clothing, the tools of the trade, which bankruptcy actually puts them in a better position um, to, to retain than if they had not filed. I'd like to suggest at this point, too, if anything that we've been talking about kind of resonates with you, you think, oh, boy, I yeah, I've thought that or I'm considering that, but I don't want to do this. Go and talk to someone at Sands & Associates. It's so easy to do. Their number is 1-800-661-3030. They're happy uh, to sit and talk with you. I know you do a lot of your work virtually, of course, uh, or check out their website, which is terrific, sands-trustee.com. Uh, I know that people, all kinds of situations that people are in, uh, are, are there some sort of usual ones that the that you can say, oh, I've talked to a couple of people like that this week who are in this situation uh, when they're considering bankruptcy? Oh, absolutely, Elaine. I've got a lot of research, um, you know, to, to back this up as well. So, um, you know, if anybody's listening, if they go to our website, sans-trustee.com and click on our debt study, uh, we survey our clients every year. We get really good insights on what they were facing and what caused them to have to reach out to us. And again, oftentimes it's just the circumstances of life that have happened. So a lot of people, first off, it's a myth that everyone's credit, um, you know, is in the doldrums before they file for bankruptcy. A lot of people still have a great credit rating because all you need to do to keep a great credit rating is just keep all your minimum payments up to date, regardless of whether you pay it from one card to pay another and you're no better off. So there's no requirement that you're actually delinquent on your debt, that you've been sued, uh, anything like that. You just need to make the decision um, that you know you're not going to be able to pay these debts off. So, you know, upwards of 70% of people who file for bankruptcy actually have never missed a payment. They just look at the overall situation and realize they're doing nothing every month that's making themselves better off. They need to, you know, uh, click stop on that life and start on a new one. In terms of the circumstances that bring people to us, 37% of people, and this is the largest proportion by far, it's a loss of income. So maybe things were going great and then their company had to shut down um, or, you know, their spouse had lost their job or, um, you know, in addition to the family, something like that that really impacted the income or even just getting into retirement. You know, they had continued to accumulate debt and then suddenly they're on a pension, which might be half of what they were getting before. So loss of income is the most significant reason that brings people to us. 
Uh, the second reason, this is about one in four people or close on 23 percent, is medical reasons. So, you know, through no fault of their own, they just got sick, a spouse or a family member got sick. And as much as our health care is theoretically free in Canada, there's nothing that replaces the income that you've lost. And perhaps there's some extra costs that just aren't absorbed by any benefits that you might have. Uh, the last of the three biggest ones that we see is relationship breakdown. Um, so in the situations where a couple is splitting up or a family is having uh, to now establish two houses as opposed to one, um, that can just be quite detrimental. And quite often when the relationship is on really rocky ground, um, you know, the finances aren't the top of mind and people maybe haven't been managing as closely as they wanted to. So relationship breakdown is the other, you know, of the, of the top three causes here. Now, do you want to mention, because we're just about out of time in the segment, the po- a positive outcome, a helpful solution that comes from bankruptcy? Yeah, I think, Elaine, a couple key things is bankruptcy is going to deal with virtually any type of debt, whether it's credit card debt, income tax, student loans. It's going to deal with these debts for good. So it's a permanent solution, and it's going to give you breathing room in your monthly budget. It's going to allow you your bankruptcy payment is typically going to be a lot less than what you were scrounging to pay each month on your debts, and you've got an end date. The bankruptcy is going to last for 9 to 21 months, and at the end of that, you're going to have all the debt left behind. Lots of great reasons to give them a call. 1-800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So this is a great segment. If you're thinking about some sort of debt consolidation, Blair has narrowed it down. There's three very important things that you should know about debt consolidation before you jump in with with both feet. And I think this is a perfect case of what you don't know can cost you. And in, in considering these three things, it can sometimes cost people a lot, which is sort of the exact opposite of what they really want to do looking at debt consolidation. So like, can we talk about the benefits first? Because it sounds like a good idea. Yeah, absolutely, Elaine. And debt consolidation is often one of the first options people consider uh, when they're thinking about their debts or trying to manage their debts a little bit better. Uh, And what we mean by debt consolidation and the benefits of it are that you're making a simple single monthly payment to cover all of your debts. So instead of, you know, five or different five or so different debts, different cards, different interest rates. You're just making one single payment to one lender. So things are more simple. Um, And the benefit also is that you're repaying typically a lower interest rate than what you're being charged for your various debts. So, you know, you might have credit cards sitting at 20% or 30% or maybe a payday loan, which is just so obscene we won't even quote about it. Uh, But when you consolidate your debts together, the idea is you're going to pay one payment and it's going to be a reduced interest rate. Uh, And then the last idea there is debt consolidation is meant to give you a plan to eventually be out of debt. So you try not to consolidate your debts with the idea you're going to pay this off forever. You do it over a specified term. So, you know, sometimes with a bank, it can be a seven or eight year monthly payment. Uh, Sometimes it can be quicker than that. Uh, But the idea that you're going to have a plan for paying off your debt instead of perhaps just treading treading water each month uh, and just making minimum payments on a bunch of bunch of debts that just don't seem to go down. So it sounds a bit challenging to me just because I'm sort of, you know, thinking, wanting the easiest way or the most efficient way of doing it. And that sounds pretty challenging. 
Well, it can be. And the thing to keep in mind is what I've described with debt consolidation. There's a number of ways to get at it, and some of them are much easier to do than others. You know, most of the time when people think about debt consolidation, they think about going to the bank and getting a bank consolidation loan. And what that means is a bank or a credit union or a finance company, they're going to give you all the funds to pay off all of your outstanding debts. So they're going to do it for you. And then they're going to take all that balance and put it into one new loan for yourself. So that's one option for people to consider. Uh, you know, another option is called a home equity consolidation loan. So, you know, if your house has went up in value and you've been paying down your mortgage, uh, a lot of times this is called refinancing your mortgage or taking out a second mortgage. It's where you're borrowing against the equity in your home, again, to pay off all of the other debts. Um, and then the last one uh, where you consider when you consider borrowing to consolidate is doing a balance transfer. So, you know, maybe you've got an, off, an offer on a credit card where the interest rate might be zero for a period of time or might be a lower interest rate, and you try to consolidate a bunch of debts together. Now, sometimes that can work um, if the debts aren't so significant, um, but, you know, it's something you got to be careful of, too, because there can be transaction costs. Even the 0% often charges, you know, a 1% to 3% transaction fee, so you do have to be a bit careful with that. Got it. Can you consolidate your debts without borrowing money? Oh, I'm so pleased that you asked because you absolutely <laughs> can. And, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think when it's debt consolidation, that means I must borrow and I must pay everything else off. But there's actually two ways that you can consolidate your debts without borrowing, and they are really quite different. So the first one is if you chose to work with a credit counselor, uh, you're able to consolidate certain types of debt. So what it means is you'll repay 100% of your debt, uh, but usually you'll be able to save the interest. Now, it can work for bank debt, you know, credit cards and things like that. It can't work for government debt. And you have to realize you actually got to be able to pay off 100% of the debt, and there's going to be some fees on top of that. So even if it's a not-for-profit credit counselor, you're going to pay some extra fees. Uh, and keep in mind, it may not cover all of your debts, but absolutely without borrowing, a credit counseling plan can be something for you to consider. Uh, another option option that I definitely recommend anybody if they're going to consider credit counseling uh, is to really take a look at a consumer proposal as well, because it's actually going to have the same credit rating impact as if you had paid off all of your debts doing a credit counseling plan. But instead of just saving the interest, you're actually going to get a discount in just about every case, a significant discount on the principle of what you owe. So a trustee has the power because we're legally uh, licensed and able to use legislation to actually reduce the debts down to what you can afford with the unpaid balance getting written off by law. And a consumer proposal can include everything like government debt, uh, income taxes, student loans, as well as your typical uh, credit card debt, so on and so forth. And what's even more powerful as well, or maybe equally powerful, you know, you get the interest stopped, you get the balance reduced, but you actually don't pay any additional fees. So if you decide you're able to pay off a third of the debt and that's all you can afford to pay off, that's all that you pay. The trustee doesn't charge you any fees on top of that. There's a government tariff that says when that person makes that repayment, the trustee gets a portion for cost of administration. The balance goes out to the creditors, but there's no cost directly to the individual. So it's the difference of paying off all of your debt plus fees or interest um, compared to paying off what you can afford with no interest and no additional fees. So I'd like to throw in at this point, too, if that sounds like the route you want to take, talking to a licensed insolvency trustee, that's what this show is all about. Uh, go see Sands & Associates. They've got a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-661-3030. Or go to their website, sands-trustee.com. It's uh, just filled with great questions and 
good answers, pages of them, uh, to help you figure out what your next steps will be. What do you think the next key thing for consumers to be aware of when it when it's consolidating a debt, Blair, that you that we want to make sure that we mention in this segment? Yeah, I think a couple of things to highlight. So, you know, just under the idea that details can make or break the deal. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's when you start to really dig down, uh, a lot of people that come to see me, uh, they've tried to consolidate debt through the bank and they've been turned down. So it can be really difficult uh, to get approved for a bank consolidation loan because the bank is taking a risk. They're paying off all of your other debts. Uh, they're hoping you're going to pay them back. But, you know, what if you're not able to? And sometimes you might think, well, does the bank know something, actually? Because if they look at my budget and they're not comfortable that I can pay off this debt, is this actually going to be a good outcome for me or not? And what you need to be careful of as well is that you don't start going and getting a co-signer, uh, suddenly enlarging your debt problem. You know, if you owed all the money just to yourself, but then you consolidate it and you've got, you know, uh, mom or dad or brother or sister to sign on the dotted line as well. You just brought them into your debt situation. And if it's the case where you can't pay everything back in full, they're going to be on the hook 100% of that debt that you can't pay. So be very careful if you're thinking about getting a co-signer. Um, you know, one other thing to consider is just what the payment's going to be and how affordable is it. Um, so if you had, say, $20,000 of debt that you had to consolidate, um, you know, the minimum payments on that might be so significant, you know, over $1,000 a month. Um, if you did a consolidation loan, you know, typically at 12% interest rate, you'd pay about $665 a month over three years. So it's better than what you were doing. You save the interest and you'll be out of debt in three years. But if you compare that with a consumer proposal, you know, the scenario I put together here, a consumer proposal, you know, you might repay 40% of that debt. Uh, that would be a monthly payment of $220 um, over three years. So about a third of what you might pay uh, if you were able to qualify for a bank consolidation loan. And as we often talk about, you know, a consumer proposal is not a bankruptcy. It's not going to reflect as severely on your credit. Uh, it's going to be, you know, your means of restructuring yourself so that you can avoid a bankruptcy that might be coming down the pipe in the future if you don't deal with it. I know it's not lost on you, Blair, that this is there's a lot of information for people to figure out and, and understand and, and research a little bit. And I just can't help um, but suggest uh, for folks to make that appointment with you and with Sands and Associates to sit down and really discuss all your options, because there's so many options. Uh, and like I said, I know it's not lost on you. Yeah, absolutely. When someone sits down with us, they don't get the high pressure sales. They get the idea of here's all the options, here's how they're going to impact you. Uh, We want to see people get out of debt to deal with their debt stress. So it's a free consultation. Uh, Most of the time I hear people say they wish they had called sooner. So if you're out there suffering with debt, just give a call. We'd we'd love to help you explore your options. And I'll give you that phone number. It's 1-800-661-3030. Go to the website as well, sands-trustee.com. Just filled with all kinds of questions and answers uh, that you're probably searching for if that makes you feel better before you make the call to sit down with them. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Looking before you leap. And I love this phrase, and you guys... You've used it for, is it a long time phrase or a new phrase? Uh, A couple years. It's even a hashtag. Oh, I love that. Hashtag. Get ready for it. Four times that knowing is not owing. 
So lots of folks sign their names to financial commitments that they don't fully understand. And I can say, um, I have signed my name to financial commitments mm-hmm. that I've not fully understood, right? Yeah. I mean, because sometimes there's pages and pages and you go, whatever, and I just trust. Well, think about the iTunes service agreement or Facebook. Has anybody read the terms of service? But you just it's coming back to bite. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just up. Yeah, yeah, totally. So serious consequences, four basic examples of knowing is not owing and checking these financial, potential financial hazards before making a commitment can save you stress and money. Um, so what's the first one that we need to, that we can put under that uh, that title, knowing is not owing? Well, taking on new debt. That's definitely a situation where you want to look before you leap. You want to take the time to ask all the right questions. Um, you know, some really basic areas to review, regardless of the type of the debt, um, is first off the repayment terms and interest. So you're getting money advanced to you. You know, when do they want it back? Um, you know, when are payments due? Is going to take it directly out of your account on a certain day, or they depend on you to make the payments proactively? What portion of your payment goes to the principal and which to interest? Um, so this can be interesting too, because there's certain lines of credit you can get that are just interest only. Um, and if all you do is pay interest only every month, you'll never pay down this debt. Yeah, so, never. you know, as long as you know that going into it, that's fine. Um, but if you think you're making progress every month and you're just paying interest only, well, then you'll get a big surprise in a couple of years when you look closely at the statements and see that you owe pretty well what you, the same as when you started. Now, I know one of the pieces, too, about the penalties for missing or making late payments, Mm -hmm. but there's sometimes penalties uh, for wanting to pay it off sooner. Yeah. And and that, I just think, is morally wrong. Oh, man. And those but can be is. can be hugely significant if we're talking a mortgage, for yes, example. I, I have people in my office just you know, sometimes a thirty, forty thousand dollar difference oh. in, in mortgage penalties. I'm like, wow, that's a nice day for the lender to make to make that yeah. all all at once. You know, that just yeah. I, like I say, I just don't think that's right. If if you're in a position that you can get rid of this debt sooner rather than later, yeah. I think. But anyways, that's just my thing. Uh, so penalties definitely for missing your late payments, and of course, yeah, penalties for making a. a wanting to pay it all off sooner. Yeah, there can be that. And again, it's all got to be clearly spelled out here. So there's going to be a legal document. It's going to be written in legalese for sure here. But if you take the time, you know, you'll see all this stuff that's there. And it can be pages of this stuff too, which is the other annoying thing. For the layman, for like somebody like me who has no financial background at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a level playing field at, at all. That's so, what I feel. Yeah, so, you know, for folks that are lucky enough to maybe have a trustee in their Rolodex, for example, exactly. or, you know, a lawyer or an accountant in the family, they've got someone that they would they would go to. Um, you know, obviously anybody listening, they could call Sands and Associates and, you know, bring in a new agreement that they're thinking about. We can look at it and you say, well- You would do that. Of course, yeah. Nice. You know, here's some potential pitfalls. Here's what we've seen with other clients. Yes. Um, you know, one thing that I see people do quite a bit, uh, and sometimes this is really buried into the fine print, but it's to sign on to all all of these weird insurance and protection programs, mm. you know, balance protection insurance and disability protection insurance. And, you know, sometimes if you don't sign on to those, the bank starts to outbound call you with telemarketing saying, oh, this is a great program. You really should sign on to it. And, you know, a guide for me is the harder the bank is working to sell it, usually the less value it is to the consumer. Um, so the number of clients I've had where they just can't believe, oh, I've been paying 15 bucks a month for balance protection insurance for years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it was clearly in the contract that you signed here. And that 15 bucks a month has just went to pure profit on the bank side and done nothing for you in terms of helping you pay down the debt. I remember when I bought a car once, a bre- it wasn't a new car, it was a, a, a previously owned car. And I felt like I was really pressured to take on this other piece of insurance. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what it was for now. It was a number of years ago. And um, I was sitting there by myself 
And I was at the car dealership. You know how they always oh, have, yeah. often will have an insurance person either yeah. working in their office or or comes in. But anyways, and I, you know, I felt being I was taken advantage of because of that. And and there was something that played on me that he said uh, about the insurance and why it was important. And it just seemed like, well, of course I'll take that. Like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. And I've always regretted that. It didn't cost me a whole lot of money, but it did cost me money for sure. And, yeah. you know, it's, ah. Well, no, Elaine, and you you thought about it after the fact. You went into the detail about it. And if someone even looks at these balance protection insurances, you know, yes. if you look at it, all it does is it just continues to pay your monthly payment in the event that you lose your job or become disabled for a period of time. We know just paying your monthly payment really doesn't get you anywhere, right? You know, you're going to be on the 60-year cycle, the 80-year cycle to pay off any reasonable size of a debt. So many of the insurances, all they're going to do is help you tread water. They're not going to actually solve a problem, which is what insurance is supposed to do, is supposed to solve a problem if you need it. Right. Good point. That's really important information. Um, Other things that should be really clear about when the payments start and when the last one is. Yeah, you'd want to know the term. Is this totally. is this open-ended? Again, can you pay it off at any time? Is it over a specific term? Um, you know, you generally want to have the ability to plan out the next you know, three to five years of your finances and know how this debt is, is going to impact. And then that last one, of course, the one that I asked about paying it off early without penalty. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that's not done anymore, right? Not often because most people don't have the ability, Fair unfortunately, enough. right? Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the commitment to pledge an asset to secure the debt? Yeah, this is one that you've really got to be careful about because sometimes it's really obvious. If you're getting a mortgage, of course you pledged your house. If you're getting a car loan, of course you pledged your car. But there are some um, local community-based lenders um, and they'll offer financing where they'll actually take security over your personal household items. And the way my clients have related to me is, you know, you'll be sitting in the office, they'll try to get you approved with no security and they'll come back from head office. Well, a little bit risky. We're not sure about this. And usually you're borrowing money at, you know, 20 or 30%, like quite high fees anyway. Huge. Uh, high interest cost. Yeah. So then what they say is, okay, to get head office comfortable, uh, why don't you just tell me, you know, do you have a bicycle at home? Do you have a TV? Do you have a couch? And they start to write all these things down. Um, and then you sign a few more documents that maybe you didn't read closely. And what's happened is you've given that lender security over your personal household goods. Wow. Now, are they going to come and seize your bicycle and your television? Well, probably not, but they have the right to do so. And yeah. the fact that they have that right and they will threaten that and say, we'll be at your door to take these assets, you know, that's going to create a whole world of stress that you wouldn't have to be subject to if you had not pledged assets as security. Exactly. So, it's, yeah. And I, and I don't know, maybe this is uh, taking us off track for a second, but in a consumer proposal, I remember we've talked about before, the fact that you can't lose those things. Yeah. Somebody can't come in and take them. If you filed official documents and, and it's a consumer proposal that you're going to pay this money back, nobody can take your stuff. That's exactly right, Elaine. That's the point of a consumer proposal is you make a settlement offer with your creditors and that's in lieu of you surrendering any of your assets. Yeah, which could be your couch and your TV and your bed and your car and yeah. Depending on its values, right? And what, what's really perverse about the whole situation here is the law in BC basically says, you know, even if you were sued in court, it's called the Court Order Enforcement Act. If you were sued in court and they needed to enforce a judgment and start to take your property, the province of BC says, hey, wait, there's a certain exemption, a certain amount that people are allowed to retain. It includes their household furnishings. It includes their clothing, their medical aids and things like that. So the government says you need this and you never have to lose it. But if you go and sign it away, well, then you've just contracted out. Right. of that protection. Lost so that protection so be very right. careful. I've never seen anyone who said, hey, I'm happy I secured my household goods here. <laughs> Most people really regret it if they even knew that they did it at the time. Most people don't even know it. Right. Uh, co-signing is one of those things. 
Yeah, it's, you know, the, the answer here, as, as we talked about in a few segments, is just to really understand that if you're co-signing, you're agreeing to be responsible for 100% of the debt, and if the person doesn't pay the money back, you're going to be held accountable for it. So when you co-sign, I really encourage people, you know, when the pen's in your hand, think about the worst case scenario. Think about if the borrower never pays another dollar on this debt, would I still sign my name? Would I still be okay? And would I have to pay if I co-signed a debt, let's say for $5,000 and the person wasn't able to pay that mm-hmm. and then the lend uh, the uh, bank or whoever comes to me for it, am I paying that plus all the interest owed as well or am I paying that? It depends. Um, and most of the time, it's the answer that's not to your advantage, which means you're paying everything because most of the time it's an unlimited cosign or an unlimited guarantee. So, you know, if they had to incur legal fees, for example, to try to pursue on the money, they might add that to the debt. Got if it. Or a bunch of other fees, default fees, over limit fees, and things like that. Okay. Usually, if you cosign, it's not for a certain fixed amount. In the best cases, it is. In the most sophisticated cases, it is. But for the vast majority of cases, you're just signing to be just another borrower there, and they'll throw you know, everything at you at that point. Okay. <laughs> one more reason not, to, one more reason not to do it. Well, and you know, one pitfall here to, to really focus on also, Elaine, is the idea of a supplementary card. So you get a credit card, the credit card companies or the banks are always saying, you know, why don't we give one to your husband or your wife? You know, yeah. let's get a supplementary card. You know, maybe it's $50 for the year. Maybe it's nothing, you know, just a, an extra benefit for being a great client. But what happens is quite often the person who's got that supplementary card is implicitly guaranteeing the debt. So they could be held accountable um, if the primary cardholder is unable to pay the debt back and has to do a proposal, for example, the supplementary cardholder might find the bank coming to them saying, well, you're another pocket that we're going to start digging into. And then you say, well, I just got this card. I've only used it a few times. Well, by you using the card, you agree to be responsible for all charges. Right. So you got to be careful about supplementary cards. Very careful about that. Um, now, uh, marriage. That comes under that this category too, right? Four times knowing is not owing. Yeah. So, and, and this is a positive part of it. This right? is really positive because if yeah, if you're making decisions as a couple, the worst decision usually is for you to just pool all the assets, pool all the liabilities, and treat them the same. Um, because if you assume that one partner owes what the other partner owes, um, then you would do it that way. But there could be a situation where one partner is quite financially secure, has a lot of assets. Maybe the other partner has a lot of debts. The wrong answer for the couple is to take one partner's assets to pay off the other person's debts. You would do that if you thought you had no other option and everything is pooled automatically, but it's not. You know, essentially one partner could take action to deal with their debts. The other partner could preserve his or her assets without a problem. And the whole family could be much better off by just knowing that just because you're married, you're not marrying the person's debt. It still be, still remains individual. Yeah, and then and then it also made me think of the the great uh, debt counseling that uh, that Sands and Associates offers too. In the situation of one person is done the com- consumer proposal and is clearing up that bit of a, a an issue, and the other person is free and clear. But boy, oh boy, it's a good idea that both of them go in. Yeah, because you know it's often. It's not just one person often that uh, has taken them over the, or you know, taken themselves to owe a lot of money. Uh, it's maybe lifestyle stuff that mm-hmm. they can look at. And- yeah, for counseling especially, we encourage you know both partners to come in to attend, and, and they usually both get a lot out of it. And the last one, and we'll just mention it briefly as we wind up, is debt management. 
yeah, you've just got to be careful who you take advice from and understand that not all debt professionals are tre- are created equally. So if you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, obviously at Sands and Associates, we're very proud of our approach to client service, but we know every licensed insolvency trustee is reputable and competent. If you're dealing with anybody other than a licensed insolvency trustee, you might be getting very bad advice. You might not be getting something that's going to solve all your problems and you might be paying fees with no guarantees of results. So be careful. Excellent. Go to the website. Sands and Associates has a really great website, sands-trustee.com. There's just pages of really good information, frequently asked questions with really good answers. And then if you want to take it a next step, give them a call. They've got a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-661-3030. Get that free consultation and then to find an office near you. It's such an easy thing to do. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Accessing debt help service. Um, We know that there's folks that want some advice on how to deal with their debts, and and we've got some great resources for you and some great ideas. Um, And especially during this time, and we won't spend a lot of time at the beginning of the segment, Blair, but it's a tough time for folks uh, trying to navigate all kinds of things that they've never had to navigate before when it comes to finances. Yeah, absolutely, Elaine. So if you think being in debt is stressful in the best of times, you know, imagine being in debt in the throes of a pandemic with so much uncertainty and a lot of people being socially isolated, um, you know, necessarily so. But there's a lot of mental health impacts that people are dealing with that can make a debt burden even more unmanageable than it might be, you know, during the normal times. And and being a licensed insolvency trustee, uh, you see a whole kaleidoscope of folks in terms of situations and 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 circumstances that they probably never thought that they would be in but uh you're there to help them and i think it's i think it's a really important moment for you to you get to blow your own horn on this because you you mm-hmm. are doing good work well, and it's interesting work as, as well, Elaine. So there's definitely, you know, the satisfaction of just knowing you've helped another human being. And, you know, that, that's just so, something so um, in, intrinsic in the job that the, everyone that I hire, you know, when they say, you know, why do you like working at Sands? It's because we actually help people on a day-to-day basis. But what's really interesting about the job, too, is it's really varied, um, the type of help that we give to people. So when they come to us, um, you know, they might just have some questions. Well, what are the legal rights and remedies when it comes to this debt? You know, if I'm splitting up from my husband or wife, can they collect from the other person or someone, uh, you know, unfortunately were to pass on, can their next of kin be collected for? So we're really people that can shine some light on what can be a really tough, uh, murky situation and give you some clear guidance. Um, you know, we help people a lot with saying, well, is this debt collectible? So, oh, is it an old debt where nothing's been done in it for years and years? And the credit counselor might be saying they're going to, no, sorry, the credit counselor, the collection agent might be calling to say they're going to take you to court, but they actually can't because the statute of limitations has run out. You know, we tell people about that a lot. Uh, we tell people what to do when they can't afford to pay a debt. You know, is it going to be trying to negotiate? Is it going to be sending them a letter saying, here's my situation and I can't pay? Um, or what are the legislated solutions like a consumer proposal uh, or even a bankruptcy? Um, and then what's also really interesting, too, especially now, is we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small business people uh, who are going through a tough time. They're trying to get through. You know, how do they navigate through some short-term financial implications, um, looking at their cash flow, 
their viability going forward and give them some ideas about the pros and cons if they were to restructure themselves personally and on their business. You know, what does that actually look like? So no two days are the same and no two meetings are the same. Um, but we approach everything from a lens of let's give the right information. Uh, let's approach it on a human to human basis without judgment. You know, what's the information that you need to make the best decision for yourself and your family? And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, but but you you do the same thing as this group and that group, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of uh, debt help professionals out there that offer different services. Do you want to run through some of them so that folks know that know that you know that? Yeah, absolutely, Elaine. So people start Googling, you will find there's a, you know, a bunch of different professionals who say they can help you with your debt. Uh, but unless they have licensed insolvency trustee after their name, they're not going to be able to help you with the full suite of options available. So there can be some companies called debt settlement companies, um, you know, what they're going to be able to do. And it won't come out up front, but you'll have to figure this out in the course of meetings, sometimes over months after you've paid some fees, is they're going to say, we can help you reduce your debts down to a lower balance. But what's in the fine print is you need to have that lower balance saved up in cash before they'll even start negotiating for you. So quite often, you'll start making monthly payments towards them. They'll say, we're going to get you this great deal at 20 or 30% paid back. But then after you've saved up a bunch of money, um, they take their fee, they're unable to reach a deal, and you've got no recourse because there's no regulation around debt settlement companies. So you need to be careful uh, if that debt settlement is what you're considering. It might be a great option if you've got a lump sum of money, but I would still weigh that against working with a trustee because it's going to be a legislated solution. Uh, you know, another option that people see a lot uh, is credit counselors. And sometimes they're not for profit, sometimes they're for profit. But you need to realize that credit counselors in many provinces across Canada, they're actually the same. They're registered the same as a collection agency. And the idea is they operate more like a collection agency than someone on your side because their mandate is to get 100% of the debt repaid. They can often give you a break on the interest. And near 100% of their compensation doesn't come from charitable donations. It comes actually from the banks giving them a commission on what they're able to collect. So just about every not-for-profit credit counselor in various provinces, they are registered as a collection agency. So you do need to be careful if they're explaining to you about a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. First off, they don't have the expertise to actually file that. and They might not know all the ins and outs, but they're going to be very biased to push it towards their solution because that's actually how they get compensated. So you really do need to be careful. In some situations, yeah, you're able to afford to pay off all your debts. You're happy with an interest freeze. That's great. But just go into it with eyes open, knowing that they're could be other options available to you that might not be explained very clearly if you're just dealing with a credit counselor. And if this sounds confusing, we totally get it. And, and that's why I can't stress enough how important it is to give Sands and Associates a call, uh, 1-800-661-3030, because uh, their offices are filled with people like Blair who will explain, sit you down and explain the situation. And then, and then you get to figure out your next steps or work with them to figure out your next steps. Also check out their website, sands-trustee.com. Blair, are there certain sort of considerations that people should keep in mind as they look at the different options? Like the sort of things that you would talk to them about when they sit down. Well, I think first off, the idea of not delaying. So just about everybody I meet with, you know, at the end of our first meeting, they, they exhale a big sigh of relief. Now they've got the information, but they feel a little bit sad that they didn't make the call sooner. So, you know, you don't have to be in such severe financial situations. You know, the bailiff's at the door, the court proceeding is starting next week. So the idea of reaching out to get information earlier than maybe when you think you even need it, um, you know, at worst, you're just going to be better informed and you can be a resource, you know, perhaps to somebody in your life who might be having a tough time. 
Uh, when someone comes in to sit down with us, we review everything. We talk about their assets, their liabilities. We answer all of their questions. We really spend a lot of time on their monthly budget as well to make sure that if there is a solution we're able to provide, it's going to be affordable and it's going to actually solve the problem. So the idea of coming in early, uh, of you know, just being transparent with the trustee of sitting down and getting really good guidance, uh, you know, that's going to go a long way to helping people you know, really feel better about their debts. I, I can't imagine, or I can imagine, the kinds of people that uh, you're talking to in their situations today during this pandemic mm-hmm. and, and having to deal with this crazy thing that we've all had to adjust to, or in some cases still trying to figure out how to adjust to. Yeah, and, and things change, you know, day to day, week to week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the government's coming out with various supports all the time. So it's important to be on top of those. Uh, the thing for people to keep in mind is uh, very quickly in the pandemic, licensed insolvency trustees were classified as an essential service. So whereas before the pandemic, we were meeting everybody in person, it was pretty rare to do a telephone or a video consultation. Um, you know, as of now, to keep everybody safe, we're near 100% doing everything over telephone or by video. And the government's relaxed a various rules to allow us to sign documents electronically. Um, You know, Zoom has just been a godsend for us to be able to have the face-to-face and still have the same connection with individuals. So the idea is you absolutely can still get help for your debt during the pandemic, um, and trustees are here to give you that assistance. Um, So what we've been trying to do, you know, to slow the spread for everybody is even myself and most of my staff, we're working remotely, but we're fully operational, still able to give access to all the solutions that people need. It must be uh, it must be a real eye opener uh, to see all the different circumstances that people are having to try to figure out. Yeah, what, what's been a little bit challenging, to, to be frank, Elaine, is just you know how wide the swath has been of people who are really having trouble now that might not have ever had trouble before. So you know, through no fault of their own, some really great personal trainers, uh, you know, some really great realtors, some really great uh, commercial lease uh, operators, they're coming to see us now. And I know, absent the pandemic, they wouldn't necessarily need our help. Uh, but now they're just finding you know a very dire situation. And you know, in some cases, we're able to coach people through just to figure out, okay, let's see how the next you know, short period of time unfolds. Let's see if you really need to do a formal restructuring. But the longer, you know, this, this new normal tends to endure, um, you know, the restaurant sector in particular, it's almost every week uh, I've got people calling. And some of these are places I used to love to go to, uh, but they just can't continue, uh, you know, to operate under the new restrictions as they necessarily are. So it's really hitting a lot of folks and we're doing our best to give hope and comfort during this tough time. So whether you're a business, you operate a business, or you're just a person who's lost their job or isn't able to go to work right now, uh, Sands and Associates is a really great option for you to deal with that uh, growing debt. Uh, very easy to get a hold of them. 1-800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.